Hello, I'm Brian Roten, senior reporter at Hotel News Now. I'm here with Ryan Ori, senior staff writer at CoStar News, and David Duncan, president and CEO of First Hospitality, a hotel development investment company and third-party operator. They're both based in Chicago, and that's pretty convenient since that's what we're talking about today. So before we begin, I want to thank both of you for uh, taking the time to be here with me today, and a uh, special thanks to CoStar's Emmy Heiss for helping me out uh, preparing for our discussion. So let's get started with a brief overview of the Chicago hotel market. Like many others in the top 25, uh, Chicago hotels took a big hit during the pandemic. They were a little slower to recover as that strong leisure demand that we saw buoy the rest of the industry generally stayed away from urban locations. But now we're seeing leisure and group demand coming back, helping bring back the city's KPIs near pre-pandemic levels. But we're still waiting for business travel to make its return, just like most other markets. So. I'm curious what both you guys are seeing firsthand as you're in and around the Chicago area. What are some signs that you're seeing about you know, business demand coming back, tourism recovering in Chicago? David, I'll throw to you first. What do you see? Uh, thanks, Brian, and thank you for having me. And Ryan, pleased to make your acquaintance now that we're, uh, we realize we're both in Chicago. We'll have to break bread sometime soon, which is, uh, you know, what I've learned about Chicago is that is a great tradition. This is an eating town. And uh, so we have some great restaurants, so we'll go find one of those. To answer, I think, the sort of big picture question, uh, we're quite optimistic with the recovery um, of late in Chicago. The you know pandemic was tough in every major market. Uh, Chicago was not spared from that. But the one thing that's really buoyed our spirits, if you will, and our, our hotel occupancy has been, and you touched on it, leisure demand. Chicago is an interesting city in that it consistently voted one of the top leisure uh, city destinations for leisure on you know, Condé Nast you know, a number of years in a row as an example. And so we really benefit from a strong tourism presence during the warmer months. And that has really sort of helped to offset the lack of business travel demand, in, especially in the city center. Our office, some of our hotels are, are downtown and it's a bit of the tale of two markets. Downtown Chicago, you know, like other cities is had uh, more of a challenge coming back. The suburbs came back first or didn't go down as badly. But uh, street life is pretty busy these days. Uh, sort of an uh, ad hoc observation is uh, our office is in a building that uh, also houses Amazon AWS. And uh, literally the last two weeks in a row and Tuesday through Thursday, you couldn't find a parking spot. You couldn't get into the parking garage here. Amazon's called everyone back to the office. And uh, there's literally a line out the street on the, you know, for cars coming into our building. That's not representative of most Chicago offices as, you know, we're still at 50 some percent sort of, uh, you know, occupancy levels compared to pre-pandemic. But it seems to be coming, you know, heading in the right direction with a lot of corporate uh, travel and corporate uh, office sort of policies, you know, appreciating Work from home is wonderful for, for a lot of different things, but if you're gonna build culture, you, you need to see people. And we're seeing a lot of that sort of resurge. Um, yeah, and Brian, I think I think a couple of things I notice are, are that uh, I'm a I'm a train, I commute on the train. Just, I just go a few stops from, from where I live to, to the office. And there's a lot of days of the week now where it's it's very crowded, hard to get in, get onto the train or coming, going in or coming back home. But there's other days, like a Friday, for example, where you can kind of breeze right in and, and there's plenty of room. So it's not a consistent um, experience. Um, you can tell that 
people are coming in to work middle of the week, especially. You also can see inconsistencies in terms of like uh, the kind of more tourist driven areas seem like they're getting very crowded again, like Michigan Avenue, places like, the, uh, you know, Fulton Market has kind of emerged as a, as a popular area and kind of in between there, you kind of have the traditional heart of the city and the kind of heart of the uh, corporate um, area of the city where, you know, sometimes there are larger crowds and sometimes not so much. And so I think that's a, kind of a signal that uh, it's come a long way back from the pandemic, but there's still some days are more lively than others. And the other thing I hear from a lot of people in the retail world is that you see the huge crowds of people on Michigan Avenue and huge crowds of people out doing things, but you don't necessarily see them with as many shopping bags in their hands as they once had. And so the crowds are out exploring and doing things, uh, but maybe not necessarily spending, um, you know, at least anecdotally, maybe not spending as much as they used to on certain types of things, like just going and buying a bunch of clothes or whatever. They're, they're going to do more kind of experiences and just checking things out. When you're out and you're, you're seeing these, these, these crowds, uh, I mean, How's the uh, the Chicago nightlife? Are you is it are you seeing that uh, the city kind of slows down at the end of the business day, or are people still out and about going places uh, into the evening and night as well? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll start with that one. I think Chicago is a uh, you know fundamentally a young city, um, and uh, and but I think the sort of nightlife has migrated from its traditional sort of locations and cores to places like the West Loop and Fulton Market. I happen to live in the West Loop, which is near Fulton Market, part of Fulton Market. And the this the the uh, restaurant life, if you will, the restaurant crowd is busy six, seven days a week there. When I walk home, if I'm walking from our office in downtown, the office or I mean the retail and bar life, restaurant and bar life in downtown, it gets, you know, it gets lonely pretty quickly after, uh, you know, in the early hours. And so uh, what we've seen in our hotel portfolio is um, there seems to be a slight, I don't know if this is uh, statistical, but a slight shift to earlier hours and people are sort of calling it a night more, you know, earlier than they used to. And I think that's definitely the case for downtown, less so the case for the West Loop where it's just a little more you know, active, younger crowd hanging out to, you know, sometimes the wee hours. And I think there's also there's also several neighborhoods in Chicago outside the city center where there's still a lot going on at night. Uh, you know, s several of the kind of north side neighborhoods in particular um, where you see large crowds of people still out late at night. But again, they've maybe cleared out from the, the, the dead center of the city. Um, there are hotels in the many hotels in the central business district and many of those are still busy but you don't see as much um you know as david said you don't see as much people with people just um you know out to dinner late in in the loop or or out for drinks late in the loop you you see them often moving you know a little westward to an area that used to be meat packers and kind of gritty and now it's um you know lively at night and um and then the neighborhoods where a lot of you know younger people live as well. Um, their people are out in their neighborhoods, uh, not necessarily going to the loop. So as you're, as you guys look at, I mean, we're, we're getting to the end of, uh, 2023 here. Everyone's got an eye on 24. What, uh, 
what are you seeing either just Ryan based on your reporting or, or David looking at uh, you know, your your in-person observations or what you're seeing from your hotels in the area? How are things lining up for for 24? I, I had reached out over to the uh, the folks at the uh, Chicago uh, you know, tourism organization to get an idea of what the you know the calendar looks like for for next year, and the 2024 calendar is shaping up. They said for a very strong year for meetings and events in Chicago, uh, looking at nearly 1.2 million room nights confirmed for major citywide events. Uh, they said that's the strongest year since the pandemic by us you know, by a wide margin, uh, outpacing 2019 levels and approaching an all-time high of 1.2. Two two million room nights set in 2018. Uh, I know the the DNC is going to be there next year, and uh, as a, a highlight is uh, another event. The I believe it's the IMTS, the long. Uh, there's a trade show that returns to Chicago uh, just after the DNC, with uh, more than a hundred thousand attendees anticipated. So, sounds like next year you guys are going to see uh, a lot of folks headed your way. Yeah, so the the numbers that we're understanding, and I'm not sure our crystal ball is as clear as uh, as CoStar and some of the you know the pundits, but what we're sort of expecting in in our city center hotels to put a put a frame of reference around this is we think RevPAR will be up probably somewhere between five and eight percent, which is pretty strong growth over yeah. 23. 23 is to put that into context has recovered um, on a static dollar basis slightly above 2019. And so you were just looking at the the numbers, you'd say 23 is better than 2019. Let's ignore inflation for a minute because that gets complicated. It's behind on an ADR basis due to inflation, but you know, total rev bar numbers are up and then you know, six percent growth, you know, year over year looks looks pretty good. So I hope that it holds up. Um, and, you know, because we have a lot of costs to overcome, a lot of cost creep, speaking of inflation. Um, but that's, we understand similarly the convention business. Chicago is not unique, but somewhat uh, unique in that we have a, such a large reliance on the Convention and Visitors Bureau with, you know, a million, three, million, two travelers coming to Chicago, filling up these hotels. Uh, it was always, it's never been more evident that the opportunity there during the pandemic when you know, the, the conventions were nil. There was just nobody here. I mean, occupancy levels were incredibly, incredibly low. But in uh, looking forward to the future, it looks like next year, we'll, the convention, I think you mentioned, will be a million two. You know, it's right on top of, you know, comparing to 2018, which I think was then probably the best year ever. Chicago has a, a convention calendar. Odd years are worse than even years, just because of the way the conventions book years in advance. And so, uh, 20, 2024, uh, an even year compares to 2018, looks like it's going to compete on a total basis with 2018 from what we understand. The challenge that we've observed, and we have hotels very near McCormick as an example that also benefit from what we call compression, is the convention, the in-the-week pickup and how many people actually attend has not necessarily been as reliable as it was historically. And so what we've seen is the the, you know, the big book of business is advertised and, you know, locked in. We may or may not get the number of travelers from that same group that we would have pre-pandemic. But lately, it started to swing the other way. And so I think my sort of observation is the convention business 
to a degree, I'm going to be careful in the way I say this, is replacing some of that in the office dynamic. How do you travel with your mates, if you will? You know, you used to see them in the office every day, and now if you're working remotely, I think in convention business, the group travel is, has sort of restored the human connection element. And so we're actually seeing very strong group business on a go-forward basis and the convention business, maybe at the expense of, or maybe I should say it differently, offsetting slightly the business traveler is lower. But I think there's a real, you know, leisure element to it. People are enjoying traveling and seeing one another. That's showing up in the booking windows. And I think, and I think for Chicago, the, the the absence of all these conventions was just especially felt because uh, McCormick Place is just such a gigantic um, convention center, and it's such a big part of um, the economy. And so when you go from, you just flip the switch off and not and just completely stop those conventions it was it was extremely um it was it was hard on everybody everywhere in every city but um you know chicago is one of the cities that is um is a major player in in those types of events and to to have that just go away uh was uh was pretty disastrous for the industry there for a while yeah so, I, I would agree with you. i think the choose chicago which is the sort of resource that runs this part of the business for chicago They've really done a nice job. Thank God they've done a nice job for the very points we already made, which is it's it's really required for Chicago to have a healthy lodging market. But they've really done a nice job in you know attracting, reattracting business to Chicago. So uh, we think that's a you know one of the bright spots in the future. When you're looking at some of the the hurdles that are left uh, in, in terms of like a, a full recovery for for Chicago, is is it? Is it is a business travel, uh, you know, the return of the office factor, you know, people aren't going to travel if people are working from home because they're not going to go to an empty office. What do you, you know, what are your thoughts on that, Ryan? What are you hearing? What are you seeing in your, your, your reporting about, uh, you know, the, the businesses that are in Chicago and their return to office? Well, to David's point, I think um, the, the, you know, whether people are or aren't going to the office that doesn't necessarily have a direct effect on the hotels it just it does it has an effect on um all the kind of vibrancy that comes from huge crowds of people downtown you know when you know pre-pan pre-pandemic um you'd see people you know coming into work uh during the daytime going out somewhere to get lunch um maybe sticking around afterward to have dinner or drinks with friends maybe go to a a show or a sporting event and you know there you there you have people it, the same you know group of people in the downtown for you know maybe you know 12 hours straight whatever um you know separate from any tourism or conventions or anything that these are just people who live in the city or in the area and so um i think it contributes uh you know the lack of people going to the office probably contributes more to just the buzz and the the, the amount of foot traffic that you're going to see downtown than than specifically you know who's checking into which hotel, but um, everything's just all interconnected. You know the, the offices and tourism and everything that that feeds uh, dollars into the restaurants and the shops and everything. It's it's just it's uh, they all affect one another. Uh, you know, as we're looking at uh, cost factors in 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 Chicago, I mean, labor is a big thing for the the hotel industry overall. But uh, can you? David, can you kind of give us uh, an overview of what the labor environment is like, uh, you know, in the Chicago hotel market? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, labor is the number one challenge of the lodging business. And I'll, frankly, a lot of businesses throughout the country, it's it's not different in Chicago, I would say. I don't think it's worse nor particularly better on average than, you know, other other cities. We operate 70 hotels and, uh, you know, beyond Chicago. Other markets are more challenged in terms of labor. Chicago is has its own challenges. This year, the labor, the union labor contracts, for the most part, were renegotiated. Thankfully, that went well. Um, you know, in terms of you didn't hear strikes and threats of strikes like you saw in Los Angeles and some other cities. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Chicago is reasonably business minded. I, I wouldn't say that about the political environment per se, but uh, you know, people seem to you know understand what makes the makes the engine run. Um, and so, you know, we're seeing challenges. One of the things that, as a as a employer, uh, we actually moved our office to downtown Chicago from the suburbs uh, last year, sort of sort of the tail end of the pandemic, for one very simple reason: recruiting talent is the number one challenge in our business, and Having an office, a, a lively office environment that's easy to commute to, that's got, you know, a reason to come here. We we really sort of over-indexed to create a buzz in the office to make sure that people wanted to come here, and we found it challenging to have that, you know, in a suburban office. It just wasn't wasn't uh, you know wasn't that magnet. It's really worked well for us here. I mean, we've not having a problem recruiting talent, but at the line level, at the hotel level. It is a challenge that's in place today. And as I've encouraged my team to stop thinking about holding your breath and waiting for it to get over, it will not get over for many, many years as a result of, you know, this is a 30-year trend that's been building between low birth rates, a dysfunctional immigration system, aging baby boomers, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a math problem. And uh, and it'll be a long, it'll be a problem for a really long time. So what we're doing here is just heavily leaning into how do you really be truly an employer of choice? As I said to our team, you know, it's a tough labor market out there. We just have to do better than the neighbor. So if people want to come to work here, you know, we'll be, we'll, we'll be okay on a relative basis, but that's not to undermine the challenge. It's a big problem. And the labor costs, all costs, frankly, as you know, as a result of inflation have escalated very materially from, uh, you know, through the pandemic and uh, we're not seeing that abate. Ryan, uh, how are you seeing that translate to you know other you know uh, segments in, in in Chicago retail, restaurant, uh, j- just general business uh, issues with you know open positions, things like that? Uh, yeah, I think I mean I think it's it's hard to hire people anywhere right now. It's just a, it's a it's a um, tight job market, um, and um, you know there's labor costs. There's also everything else is expensive right now so you hear a lot of talk from like the restaurant world about how just all the ingredients are expensive at um you know paying your staff uh you know all the other costs um just costs are high i i had a a, a kind of restaurant industry expert i was talking to the other day was saying it's the hard it's been the hardest it's been to run a restaurant in, in, in several decades uh, right now, um, just with all the challenges going on. And, um, you know, um, there was a, a, a really uh, well-known restaurant on Michigan Avenue that was, you know, called the Signature Room. And it was, you know, 95th floor, 95th, 96th floor um, restaurant, some of the highest views of any restaurant in the city. And it, it closed down and it was 
seemed like it had to do with a, a rent dispute with the landlord, among other things. But it was sort of a a jarring um, a jarring thing to see because it, it had been a long time, it had been around for 30 years, and it was uh, you know there have been restaurants closing and other businesses that have closed during these tough times. But I, um, you do hear a lot about it for in the restaurant world in particular. So uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk more about the the real estate aspect of the uh, the hotel market here. Um, Ryan, you've been getting a good number of bylines recently uh, dealing with, uh, you know, some hotel sales and hotel development. Uh, can you kind of give us an idea of what's been going on recently? Yeah, I mean, the the one thing that's kind of interesting in general is that there's been there's been a, a, a big slowdown in real estate uh transactions around the country um but you still see people getting creative and and trying to do um um still trying to think of uh, deals they can do and um you know in one particular uh recent deal there's a chicago developer looking to buy a a 40-story office building convert part of it to a hotel it's a it's a landmark Chicago landmark uh well-known building with views of the river and kind of the whole downtown and it would lend itself to a conversion but you know those are complicated um projects and you know not everyone's trying to do those types of projects but just the you are seeing people get creative um and um it'll be interesting to see what will still come out of some of the uh properties that have been in financial distress and um you know could be of interest to um you know investors who would like to um to scoop them up one of the biggest hotels in chicago has um the the palmer house has has been um in uh you know financial distress for since early in the pandemic uh, they had the misfortune of having their their loan mature I think a month or two into the pandemic or something like that. And so um, not a good time to try to refinance a hotel. And so there's still a lot of, um, um, you know, pieces to fall into place in terms of what's going to happen with some of these um, longtime existing hotels and and buildings that might be eyed for conversions to hotels or from hotels to something else, maybe. David, uh, with your company's, you know, investment work, what are your thoughts on, yeah, the the hotel you know transaction market going on in Chicago. My sort of threshold is it better be amazing. It better be an <laughs> amazing deal. Um, you know, U.S. hotel market transaction volumes down well over fifty percent year over year. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago is you know, not not immune to that. I would say I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but even more difficult. We buy or we're we're looking to acquire hotels around the country. Um, Chicago is on the wrong side of the list of pick cities for people to want to go into. And I think the, you know, the fundamental bid-ass spread that's out there is quite significant. The, you know, backing up a little bit, fundamentals of real estate with a higher cost of debt is, you know, when you work your way through the math, the asset is generally worth less than it was before interest rates went up. And unless you believe interest rates are going to come back down, the assets probably maybe worth less. And I think that the challenge that the hotel business has is, you know, multifold. One is most loans matured or extended through COVID and we're maybe now at maturity today. The financing market is less forgiving, 
higher interest rates, lower proceeds, that is loan amount. And a lot of developer owners have deferred capital expenditures fixing up the building, you know, borrowed the money, used the money out of the kitty, if you will, to pay taxes or do other things. And so I think there is a fair amount of distress or maybe I say stress in the hotel universe. And I personally think that, uh, you know, we'll find some real good buying opportunities on a go forward basis. We've underwritten 340 deals in the last 10 months to give you an idea. Jeez, we, bought, wow. we bought one. That is not a very good batting average. <laughs> and uh, it may be a great batting average because that means we didn't buy the other or whatever, 339. But um, the, the point really is the seller constituent, you know, most people are not willing to give up yet on the value of their hotel. And it just is causing things not to trade. And so something's got to give. Either the interest rates come down, the debt market comes back a little bit, or I think some owners, perhaps many owners, will really be forced to, you know, reconcile and you know sell an asset at a number that they were they didn't find particularly, you know, desirable when they were uh, when they're contemplating it. And so I think personally, over the next you know some period of time, I've given up trying to guess how many months or years there'll be some really good buying opportunities. With the amount of capital, however, on the sidelines, I don't think that we're going to see massive distress. I don't think you're going to see, you know, 50% off sort of values like we have in some prior downturns. But I think there'll be some very solid investment opportunities on a go-forward basis. But it isn't today. It's, you know, in terms of volume, it's just there's just not a lot happening. And then when you turn the, it's interesting because it's like the tale of two cities. The hotel operating environment forecast is pretty strong over the next three, four, five years. We think. The reality is nobody could build a hotel in the U.S. I'm exaggerating for purposes of a point for the last three years, and you definitely can't start building another one today. So good operating environment. Nobody can build more supply. Ought to be a prime opportunity to go buy hotels today, yet it's still very difficult. And what is even more difficult is getting a new construction project financed. And so it's, you know, we're in a bit of a freeze frame state on transaction volume um, in, in terms of, you know, hitting real volume numbers. What's I mean, the lending market looking like for for acquiring a, an existing property? Better than better than building new properties for sure, <laughs> for sure. But there really has been a retrenchment of the lenders. You know, have been in this business a long time. Often used to be, you know, first stop, you know, is is, is an insurance company or your traditional bank, and uh, insurance companies are still hanging in there. But the banks have become very, you know, more conservative with their own problems. Presumably, also some of those problems are caused by the office loan portfolio they have, and you know, with the with the resolution or the liquidity problems that is, you know, with Signature Bank and um, the, the SVB, you know, a lot of banks have just become, you know, even more conservative. And so, as we know, there's been a whole establishment of this alternative lender market, um, often run by private equity firms, you know, the alternative debt funds, and uh, you know, they're out there. Fundamentally, the spread's more expensive, and it's difficult to get things done. And so, what I've been told by lenders is they're reserving, preserving their capital for only the best deals and the best borrowers. Well, uh, we're coming up on time here, so I'm going to ask for both of your final thoughts, just to share with us what's your outlook. Then you know, you look to 24, you look beyond. What's your expectation for for Chicago? Uh, I'll go first. I love Chicago. It's a dynamic place to live. We enjoy it. 
Winter, not so much. Thank God they have airplanes to the south. But Chicago is a dynamic city, notwithstanding some of the national headline news. You know, it's a very enjoyable place, and I think it will do well over the long haul. I think our our operating you know environment, we're pretty bullish on a forward basis as to the NOI, you know, net operating income environment and ability to run hotels. Uh, I think it'll really be an interesting time to have capital if you have staying power. To you know, we're really looking forward to the next few years on the capital side. We've formed some great capital relationships. To you know, when when the time is right, I don't think that's the, at this moment. There'll be some, I think, very very good buying opportunities. So, in the hotel business, on a relative basis, I think it's very popular. Office troubling, multifamilies even have its challenges. Retail's got its challenges. Capital has to flow to real estate. Hotel is increasingly popular. And the NOI environment, the operating environment, is pretty strong. And so we're, we're, I'm, I'm glad with our uh, niche that we're operating in today, which is a fully integrated operating company that can buy hotels. I'm happy with our happy with our lot at the moment. And thanks for the time on today's podcast. Uh, yeah, I think I think there um, there will there will be uh, in 2024. I think there will be. Um, good deals to be made, money to be made by uh, anyone who's, um, whether it's hotels or other properties, there's going to be buying opportunities for anyone who has the the guts to do it and can get somebody to provide them a loan and can find just the right opportunity. Uh, I don't feel like uh, the floodgates are going to open and 2024 is going to be a a huge um, uptick in deals, but I do think there, um, you know, as David said, there's there's money that's been on the sidelines. There's people looking for investments, and and I think some of those will happen, and um, you'll, you'll start to see a lot of that in 2024. But I think it'll play out over the course of probably the next few years uh, as to how that money gets invested, and uh, and also uh, as was mentioned, because so much money is sitting around um, when it when there does uh, start to be an uptick in uh in in deals it probably won't uh, lead to the kind of huge discounts that some people are are thinking maybe they they could they could find for themselves well thank you both uh, once again for for joining us here today it was a great discussion and thank all of you for listening stick with hotel news now for further coverage of the hotel industry Hi, I'm Isaac Colazzo, Vice President of Analytics at STR. Hi, and I'm Jan Feitak, National Director for Hospitality Analytics for the Coastal Group. Tune in to our new show, Tell Me More, a hospitality data podcast. It's a podcast on the global hotel industry, its current trends, what we're thinking about, and where the industry's going. And we like to have fun with the data, too. Find us on hotelnewsnow.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. Thank you for listening to the Hotel News Now podcast. This episode was recorded on November 15th, 2023 and edited by Brian Roten. Go to hotelnewsnow.com for industry news every day.